We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome along to the True Faith Podcast 2019 season preview for Newcastle United. Last season when Sian introduced this show, we called it the season preview spectacular. So we'll see if we can match that fabulous show you lads did then. Um, this show is sponsored by our patrons who pay for now four to six extra podcasts per week uh, for £5 a month, £1.25 a week. If you like what you hear, get involved and we'll, we'll probably plug that more later. So we're going to get straight into this lads. Um, I've got Adam Ridgerton with me, I've got Ben Wade with me and I've got on the line from London... Uh, Norman Riley and Richie Smith. So, lads, tremendous to be here. We are six days away from Newcastle's kickoff against Spurs. And today we're going to talk about all things Newcastle United um, transfers, managers, players, and the usual stuff we'll talk about in a season preview. So, lads, I'm going to come to Adam first because you are directing my left. Are you excited and why? New season. Um, I'm really pleased with the signs we've made. I think they improve us. Um, every single one has improved us from what we've had last season. And every single signing has been, although picked from a, a limited pool, given lack of resources, they have all been specifically signed off by Rafa Benitez. Again, with his hands tied, but he wouldn't be bringing people in. Um, and in terms of the players... Uh, he sometimes has brought players in without uh, without a plan in place, but I am I am excited to see those players because I think they will all add something and give us extra dimensions. What I am not excited about is the apprehension of Rafa's contract. As long as that's not resolved, there's going to be a, a kind of grey cloud over the club um, for the foreseeable. So, not looking forward to that. Keen to see the new signings, Benjamin Wade. Um, I agree. I, I'm I'm excited. Obviously, it's football's back. We've had a brilliant summer with uh, England. Um, obviously, hoping for more of the same, some more miracles to be pulled out of uh, a hat. Um, but I think just yeah, what you were saying. Obviously, Kennedy coming back was massive. That was the one I was really excited about because I think he was a player that made a big difference to her last season. And um, the fact that we've got him again um, is, is brilliant news. The other players, obviously. Don't know a huge amount of them, so a uh, huge amount about them. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they settle in. Um, but I think you go back to the the, crook, the sort of crux of the issue is just the squad depth. I think the actual first team were uh, brilliant. They were they were finished tenth last season. They did really well. Um, I don't expect there to be any sort of drop offs in levels from that. So if we've got a few extra players that will come in and, and sort of improve that, then brilliant. Um, I think in terms of the Rafa thing, not, nothing's changed from the end of the season though. So while it's yes, it's it's rubbish, like 
it's something we've known about all summer. So I'm just not focusing on that. If if he it, he'll do what he needs to do, and obviously we'll, we'll back him whatever he does. But um, it's just it is what it is. Unfortunately, like this is Mike Ashley. Richie Smith, how are you feeling? Tell the listeners about your excitement levels for the new Premier League season. Well, you almost asked that as if you know what I'm going to come uh, come out with. Um, I've got to say, and as sad as this may, may sound, I'm, um, I, I can't remember a season in such a long time where I've had less enthusiasm going into it. Um, I think last season was 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 brilliant, all in all. I think it showed a it showed what we could do under under Rafa under after what was essentially a really appalling uh, summer transfer window. Um, but we, we managed to get managed to get mid table. Uh, and this summer's, I, I honestly think has been worse um, than last summer. Uh, there's a lot of talk already from the lads about the business that we've done, and we're improving the squad. But I still feel there's a lot, a lot to do in the next what four or five days, and you have to, you have to also caveat that with how much, how how much of the business that we've done has been. Rafa's first choice, what Rafa really wanted, you know, the the the, play, the new players that we've signed have barely even had a chance to take part in a pre-season. It's just been awful preparation, um, and it just feels like, you know, all things considered, there's just about a bit of a bad smell hanging over the club as we go into the uh, in, into the new season and uh, uh, all the stuff that's happening off the pitch and. Uh, <laughs> I, I I just feel I just find it so incredibly deflating. You know, this this should have been seen as, you know, we've had our first season back in the Premier League um, under Rafa. We've got the money money in the bank to to reinvest and to see what you know what this club can really do under 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 Benitez. And I think that was what that was what the opportunity was. And fortunately, I just I think it's going to be more of the same of last season. Okay, well, I'm sure that's something we're going to get to talk about, Norman. Give me some positivity. Um, I'm excited about the new season because I get to visit Newcastle uh, regularly. Um, I get to see friends, family. Um, I get to see uh, Rafa Benitez's team, albeit not the team that he won on the pitch. We know that. But I still get to see a, a team that he puts out and he manages. And um, he is just an absolutely brilliant manager. And the likelihood is he's going to be gone at the end of next season. So I'm just, I'm just going to try and appreciate every single second that he's here. Um, and... I also get to go to quite a lot of away games, which means getting to see you know towns and cities that I that I wouldn't I wouldn't go to other other than for Newcastle matches, and, that, and that's also a great experience. Um, so I of course of course I'm excited. Is it ideal? Far from it. But will I still enjoy myself most of the time? Absolutely. Go on, Ben wants to say <laughs> I was something. Just gonna say I feel like it's like we've just had some really bad news about Rafa, and it's like we've only got a couple of months left of him. So uh, <laughs> I, my excitement's completely gone out the window after that, Norman. Sorry. He's he's fine. He's a he's a picture of health, um, although not in a managerial sense at Newcastle United. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Norman, I, I echo that. There's there's certain parts of football that I'll always enjoy. Whether we be meeting up with you lads in the pub beforehand for a few pints and get excited ahead of ourselves and make rash predictions. They're normally there, save for the um, match preview for patrons when we predict a win every single game of the season. Mark Lawrence-esque. Um, and yeah, like I'm going to enjoy this season. I'm really looking forward to the opening game next weekend. Uh, I don't believe there's going to be any drop off in in commitment from the players, or that's been suggested because of arguments over bonuses and stuff like that. But ultimately, my life's just a little bit worse without football in it, and maybe that says more about my life than the football. But it's it's true for me, and 
I think come next Saturday morning, plenty of people in the northeast and all the fans around the world will be looking ahead to the game against Spurs. And you know what? We have a good first five, ten minutes against Spurs. You kind of figure all your worries, don't you? For that small period, we all know what Mike Ashley is and the way the club's run. But that's the whole point of going to football, isn't it? You forget your worries and you swear at the ref and you. Well, that's it. You know, we, we, when there's when there's someone, there's no matches on. You talk about the politics. You consider well. Should we really be giving two million to West Brom for the swap deal between Rondon and get all this kind of stuff? When actually, once the whistle blows, it's ninety minutes. It's twenty-two people on a pitch, and that's all anyone focuses on. And that I think that's what we've been missing. We've been overthinking things because we haven't had that distraction. Well said. Okay, well, I mean, we have made signings, Richie. You said that preseason had been very negative um, in terms of players coming in late, which obviously Rafa didn't want. Uh, I will point out in terms of a small caveat in terms of results, it's not ideal not scoring in the last three games of preseason, but we're, previous preseasons have been probably better in terms of results, and then we've still started the season really badly. So it you know necessarily isn't indicative in terms of preseason results translating into league results. I'm oh, clinging on to that anyway. Oh, it's really worrying that we've done worse than last time, so <laughs> we can do even worse in there when it actually. Gets well, I think I think the, I think the main issue there is that we've we've not really been able to play our first choice strike force. And that's quite worrying. What what, what Which, I believe who, will be our first strike, strike force um, going into the going into the season. I think it'll be Rondon and Muto, and none of them will have played for Newcastle preseason. So it might be a bit of integration needed there. Well, we're going to go on to the the preseason signings now. Uh, we're going to do it player by player. So I mean, I'm just going to throw names at you. I haven't given you any chance to prepare this in terms of picking a player. Norman, I'll start with you. Um, Rondon hasn't signed yet. I know that, um, I mean, it looks like he is going to sign. Um, you know, if you subscribe on Patreon, we do a transfer show every time a player signs and we'll get a, an expert on from that home country. So we've got a Venezuelan journalist talking to us later today or talking to Norman uh, for that show. Uh, link, link will be on this podcast on our slash on our Twitter profile if you do want to sign up. So Norman, Salomon Rondon, do you do you agree agree with the decision Rafa's taken to that he sees Rondon as an upgrade on Gale? Uh, first, first of all, I'm looking forward to the conversation with the Venezuelan, Venezuelan journalist, but given that um, there's been a supposed assassination attempt by drone on the Venezuelan president yesterday, I'm not too sure what the situation's going to be, because um, the last time there was a political upheaval, um, I was supposed to talk that in the electricity, just got cut on the whole city for 12 hours. So, um, finger, fingers crossed that we, uh, we do get to talk, given, um, given Venezuelan political instability. And there's, there are also rumours that, um, that the drone was actually... Um, a government job he did it himself in order to um, you know take his grip on the country so sounds uh, class that's uh, you know that's to be confirmed um, but so just, around, I mean in, in, instead we could probably just get a West Brom fan or something <laughs> you, you'll go ahead Adam and do that um, the um, so uh, with Ron Don um, I'm, I'm pleased with the signing if, it, if and when it happens um, yes I do think he's a he's an upgrade on, on Dwight Gale I think Gale's a magnificent goal scorer in the championship I think he had a, a good season last season in terms of what he of what he put in work-wise, how much space he created, you know, the chances that come from that. But at the same time, I think Rondon um, is a more direct centre-forward and I think when a Rafa, it'll be more effective than, than Gale in the system that Rafa plays. Um, his record at West Brom, goal scoring wise isn't great, but then again, he's been playing for terrible sides for the past three years, i.e. Tony Pulis' sides um, and then Alan Pardew, of course. And his record, his goal scoring record at Malaga for the Venezuelan national team um, who play in the South American qualifiers, so it's not a poor standard. And um, in Russia was pretty good. So all in all, yes, I think he's an upgrade on Dwight Gale. Fair enough. Anyone else want to chip in on Rondon just before we move on? Um, yeah, I've got a couple of stats here. Um, so 
I mean, for a start, I think obviously Muto will be the one that replaces Gale. Rondon will be the the target man that will usurp your Hosselu and be the replacement for Mitro. But a couple of really interesting stats coming out of um, um, Rondon is that in, in comparison to the likes of Gale and Hosselu, for example, the amount of take-ons, successful take-ons last season is like the fact that he can actually beat a man. Gale, for all his pace, can't do that. So that's quite significant as well. And in terms of his aerial prowess as well, he is streets ahead, even of Hosselu in terms of winning the ball. So we have a genuine target man who is mobile, can beat his man. And I think this is closer towards, you know, amalgamating our current strikers into a sort of um, a Frankenstein of, of, of pure goal-scoring brilliance. Love it. Um, I love it. But yeah, I think he was one of the very few in the Premier League last season who had very good aerial stats and also good uh, take-on stats as well. So quite a unique blend. I'm really interested to see him, how he's going to do in this system. I think as well, it's, he's one that Rafa um, identified very early on. He's, he was someone that he's been at his eye on all summer. So the fact that he sort of, okay, might not necessarily have been his number one choice, but he's obviously someone that Rafa values and will have seen a lot of because he's in the Premier League. So I think that's the case. He's got that Premier League experience. He's proven that he can do it in a, as you say, in a lesser side of West Brom in terms of the chances they create, the football they play. It's it, it's very long ball. Um, and I think he's going to come in and benefit from the fact that we've got Kennedy and Richie whipping balls into him who probably did a lot of, of work last season that came to nothing because they were trying to find Hosselu in between five defenders or six defenders or whatever. I'll very quickly take the two loan lads that we've got back. Uh, Dubravka on a permanent signing is like Rafa being the ultimate victim of his own success in that he was forced to bring in a, a goalkeeper um, or on deadline, was it deadline day last year? No one had a clue who he was. He was playing in Czech Republic. He wasn't even playing. And he's like the back he was on the he? bench or something and, and he's he looks like one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. <laughs> on the uh, bench? In the he world. On the bench? <laughs> in the world. <laughs> that is some scouting method. That There's lads who spend their whole lives playing football manager can't scout that well. Like It's it's just an incredible incredible deal for the club and he's probably worth, if he has a good season in the Premier League, which he will do this season, injury-free, good season, he'll be worth 10 times that. Promise you look at the price That's that it. good goalkeepers go for these days. Top goalkeepers who can who've got it all he'd be worth 30 40 million we'll probably sell him <laughs> because of that but we'll worry about that next summer <laughs> um so that's absolutely brilliant and crucial for the defense that he's playing um kennedy is just a class footballer i think we haven't seen the best of him yet we're sorting glimpses last season he's had a little bit of a disrupted pre-season because he's uh, had his first child but i do believe that by the end of this season, we're going to have absolutely no chance of signing him, which would be a good thing because he's been so good, be a bad thing because the squad will be weakened next season. Um, whoever the fuck's in charge of the team then, uh, Steve Bruce is no more saying on the Patreon there. Any questions podcast the other night? Uh, I'll go for Slavon Bilic personally. Um, okay, Richie, I'm going to come to you. Uh, initial thoughts on Muto and where he fits into United's side this season. Uh... Well, I guess he's probably the biggest unknown out of all the players that were signed. From you know, nobody probably has much of a clue about what this lad, you know, what this lad's strengths are, and um, unless they've been, you know, watching uh, Mines play over the past um, couple of seasons, which you know, I doubt, I doubt many people have. Um, I mean, you know, he, he does show that he's got a he's got a goal threat, although that doesn't seem to be the kind of I guess the 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 key part of his game. Um, and so, you know, I think if we're um, 
if you kind of look at where players that he's maybe replaced, like play, that your players that have been um, that have gone out of the team, uh, you, you're probably right in saying that. Uh, does he is he uh, is he the swap for Dwight Gale? Does he play kind of um, you know off the uh, off the shoulder? Um, I guess the 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 question really is, you know, your 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 question is where does he fit in? Um, it's a it's a really tough one to uh, to answer because of the, the the formation that Rafa plays, and if you think that Rondon is if 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 you, we're led to believe as being Rafa's um, priority first choice striker signing, um, this this summer, um, and if you know a Yuzi Perez remains as the playing in that number ten rule, which which you know he's one of Rafa's favourites, um, you you you. You're kind of struggling to see where exactly he's going to slot in, and maybe maybe he is just on uh, on the bench and is a is a is an alternative, is a ch- you know kind of change of change of tactics, change of approach if if things aren't um, working out well with uh, with Rondon. But yeah, it's a lot, lots of unknowns. But again, the question becomes where 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 does he actually fit in on a first team uh, on a, on a first eleven basis? Norman, you spoke to uh, a J League journalist about Muto. Um, what what for people who aren't subscribed on Patreon who haven't been able to listen to that conversation? What was his analysis of Key's chances in the Premier League at Newcastle? Muto's chances. Um, he um, he was very positive about them. Um, he's he's a highly rated player amongst um, people who who know who know the J League and who know Japanese football. And he's been playing in what's been quite a, a poor mindset for the last couple of seasons, and um, particularly since Tuchel left. Um, and he's going to offer, it would appear, I mean, his goal scoring record at Mines is, I think, one and three. But again, as I say, that's, that's more down to the fact that he's been in a team that's not really created many chances, by all accounts. Um, and he compared him to um, Chicharito Hernandez, which I know isn't, doesn't sound great, given Hernandez's last two seasons. But obviously, we know that Hernandez can finish, and we know that he can he can find space in the box where there doesn't seem to be any. So that's that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, and then, I obviously, obviously, I pushed him because I wanted... I wanted him to sound even better than someone like Hernandez. Um, so I eventually got him to say that if he, could go, if he could compare him to an English player, he would probably compare him to Jamie Vardy. Obviously, you know, yeah, is good, but in that kind of... It, it, he plays that kind of role. So him and, him and Rondon together, I think, if they click, it could be very successful. And I'm, and I'm excited about seeing him. I'm also excited about seeing... Like, well, first, as daft as it sounds, I'm excited about seeing my first Japanese and Venezuelan players on the side. I don't know. There's just something... There's something a little bit romantic about it, um, especially when you know when I first started attending games in the mid eighties, and um, there were very homogenous football sides used to watch. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it, and I think I think he could be very positive. And of course, and of course, given that South Korean and Japanese players have the kind of the stereotype of having high work rates, apparently this kid's work rate is um, is something else. So that's another positive, I think. So what? Steady on, Norman. Uh, does this mean we're going for like sushi, and we're going to have to find some like Venezuelan bar before <laughs> kick off? Only if it's vegan. Aye. <laughs> um, go on then, Ben. You've just come in. Key Son Young for you a good signing. You saw him play yesterday at uh, St James's against Augsburg. Yeah, um, I, th- I think he's a player I've I've always rated. Um, obviously, he was at the Macram, so I thought he was crap then. But uh, he's come on leaps and bounds since he's left them. Um, Swansea was always a good player. Um, really tied on the ball. 
retains possession. It's similar to Shelby, and I think that was the thing we said on the podcast yesterday. Was he he seemed to come in when before Shelby came on the pitch with him um, when he replaced Diarmi after about half an hour. He, he was the one that was spreading the ball about, moving the ball, trans, transitioning the play uh, very quickly, um, which is brilliant to see. Obviously, we need to play direct with with the sort of the, the strengths to our team is is that we we've got fast wingers and. Obviously, if, if Gale plays, obviously he's away. But last season, that, that was one of the things we did really well was was sort of getting the ball forward quickly. Um, and it looks like he can ping a ball on, on a sixpence sort of all day long. So um, Yedlin benefited from that a lot and, and I expect him to come in and, and be able to sort of spread the pitch. So it's encouraging that we've, it's something we've been saying for a number of years was that if Shelby was to go down, who the hell comes in to replace him? We haven't got one. Well, I think from from what I've seen of Key, he he could come in and play that role. Um, but the pair of them when they came on together, they dovetail really well. And I think I, I said to you yesterday, it was one of those things that we we dreamed of what Shelby and Marino could have done together last season. We just didn't see it for for whatever reason. The pair of them were never either fit together or they, they were um, never available. Rafa probably didn't trust the pair of them to, to play together at the time. Um, but it looks like we've got two players now where if we need to take the game uh, to a team and, and control the ball, we've got two that are very comfortable on it. We'll we'll pick sides apart and I think they'll they'll play really well together. So uh, it's it's really encouraging. I, I like the look of him. I think he's a really really good signing for now. Is is spot on. Yeah, a few stats on key. Um, I mean, certainly a few stats on Newcastle last season. We had the third worst uh, possession stats in the league and we had the third worst pass comp- succession uh, in the league as well. Key averages uh, pass succession about 90% and that's over like, the last few seasons. So he's consistent. I think he's somewhere above 85 and around the 90 mark, which is obviously significant. It was one of the things that, I mean, Rafa Benitez has always talked about um, possession not being everything, but what he looks for is possession and effectiveness. So he doesn't want to have the ball all the time as long as we're creating the chances when we do have the ball, um, which is why he's quite happy to sit back. And again, he's kind of forced into that because of the, the clientele he has in the squad. But I think what Key will do is he will... Um, I mean, as we've seen him spray the ball long. I think his, um, his, his average pass length is a lot higher than the likes of Diame um, and Hayden. Um He'll raise the average age of the squad up as well. He just a bit like Rondon. He's got that Premier League experience that you know a lot of the squad didn't have really last season. So just a bit more savvy. He's composed. Um, he's a leader. He's very experienced international, and he can shoot from long range as well. Another awful stat for us last season was we had the highest percentage of our of our shots out of any team in the Premier League. Uh, from outside the box that's 48% of our shots outside the box and I think we only scored five of them so that's uh, significant Key is a player who can rattle him in from uh, from long range so hopefully we'll, we'll see a, a couple of Thunderbasses so who, who does he who does he play instead of then? he doesn't I, w- I would suggest he's, he's a backup to Shelby Richie I, I, I think there'll be games where he, he might need to come in I mean um we look at the games last season against Huddersfield and Brighton where we, we said we should have gone and dominated those teams and we didn't. Um, we should have played more attacking. I think we were quite negative in those games in terms of we sort of expected them to come out to us and it didn't happen. So I think we've, we'll learn from that and I, I could see we're sort of put, putting a, an extra man in the midfield to, to try and sort of utilise the fact that we're going to have most of the ball. And it's it's not an 11-man sport anymore. So we're going to need we're going to need depth. Case in point, Diarmi went off injured yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so let's really hope he <laughs> yeah. is fit next weekend. One of the problems that 
key doesn't solve, and we're going to come on to what we haven't solved this summer yet, which is an awful lot very soon, is we really need goals from centre midfield. And, and yesterday, the three of us who are on camera now um, were at the game, and Shelby played with Key, and it was very nice on the eye. But they both want to pick the ball up off the centre backs. They both want to be deep, and they don't really play their football in the opposition half. Obviously, as we chase the game more, we, we got forward, and they kind of got in each other's way. Um, so Shelby and Key's a partnership didn't really work there. It might work, like you say, against a team that literally just sits back. But we really need more goals this season. If you look at what we were good at last season, we were good defensively. I think we only scored 44 goals in 39 games or something like that, um, which isn't enough. I, I, just to come back on that point that you just made there, though, I think there were a few other factors though, that, that made it difficult. You had Kennedy was, was playing inside basically for most of the, the second half. He, he wasn't t- sort of hugging the wing as he would, would come to know him to do. He, he was trying to get in almost on the edge of the box. Perez was in there, Hosseler was in there. So it was very compact. Um, there was no space for them to sort of play. They tried a couple of one-twos to try and break the team down, but it was just too, there were too many players in there. Because of the way we were, we were set up, I, I wouldn't expect to see that again. Um, next season at any, any point what interested me from yesterday though is both Key and Shelby in either a counter track or an acting position won't get in the box they'll hang and John Drew will stand there arms out wide like this demanding the ball ready for the slice shot that nearly hits a corner flag or nearly hits a couple of the Gallagher because the kid can't shoot um, I think we're really needing a centre midfielder who's going to get in the box and support like, if, if like we're going to score more a goals penetrative box to box I mean the thing is Hayden came in Hayden came in, and I, I don't think Hayden's a defensive midfielder per se. I've seen him sort of arrive late in the box, and obviously he hasn't had the chance to do that much, and I don't think he has other qualities that will guarantee him a starting place, but we need that kind of attribute, and like, like as you said, I think it is something we're missing. Norman, uh, you have the chat with uh, a Deportivo-based journalist about the Swiss centre-back we've signed. Would you like to educate the listeners on the pronunciation before you talk about them? Well, apparently, um, because it's uh, German Swiss, it's uh, it's it's Shea, as in you know, like Shea, Sonny, and Bruno. Sonny. I believe in life after love and all that. You know those brilliant late nineties um, <laughs> disco crossover records that she did. That's that's George Michael, isn't it? Um, what I believe in life after love. You said something about faster love. I believe that's a uh, George Michael. I didn't say that, Ben. You weren't listening. You didn't say that. Oh, sorry. We're all listening here, so you've had a mare. I'm, I'm not. Ben, you've, you've had a mare, Ben. Ben. I'll put me a piece in. Sorry, George. Ben from Ben from now on, whilst I'm um, talking about Shea, don't interrupt, all right? Don't ever interrupt me when I'm talking about Shea. Um, <laughs> so um, the shoop shoop song. The uh, the the journalist from Deportivo was, I would say, probably fifty percent negative, fifty percent positive. So what is that? Like balance, equilibrium. Um, he he sort of picked up on his faults. Um, and he said that he's got real issues with his concentration. Um, and that isn't something that worries me particularly because Rafa and his coaching staff are the type of um, trainers to to work with a player on their weaknesses. And, and concentration is something that can be that can be eradicated. I mean, he's done he's done a brilliant job with um, with Kieran Clark in terms of improving his concentration from his Aston Villa days. Um, and he also said that what he is good at is bringing the ball out of the box. And I think that would be quite important um, because. Uh, with Lejeune being injured, and Lejeune is our centre half who has the, you know, he has the, the capacity to, to do that. Whereas Lascelles, it's something that he probably needs to work on to make the the step up from um, the Premier League into the into the England squad and challenge um, people like um, Maguire, for example. Um, but 
I think, as I say, I, I can't really go into too much what the journalist said because it, it was kind of, well, you know, he wasn't very good, but then again, he was playing in a, in a very poor Deportivo side that got relegated. Um, I think I'd probably base my opinions on, on the fact that he's played, I think, more than 50 games for the Swiss national side. And the Swiss national side is a good, well-drilled unit. They're a very good defensive side. And I think he's a capable player. And um, again, any defender that Rafa and his coaching staff get to work with is going to improve substantially. So I think that... Um, do I think he's a better player than Kieran Clark? Yes. Um, do I think he'll be the person to replace Lejeune on the opening day of the season? I hope so. Yeah, that Lejeune injury is a huge loss for the season. And you can see why Rafa still wants to bring in a centre-back. Um, because Shaw... Sure. How have you said? Share. He is going to take a little bit of time to get used to the Premier League. It's not like these other lads we've bought. You know, even Muto coming from German football is kind of a similar pace, similar style of play. Um, coming possibly from La Liga, it, it might take a little bit of getting used to. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll be straight up to it. But even yesterday, and again, very limited pool to here to take an opinion, he got muscled off the ball a couple of times quite easily and kind of looked at the ref. It was Martin Atkinson, the referee, so it was a Premier League referee who was just like, get up, son, like, yeah. this <laughs> well, isn't well, Welcome to England, hi. Yeah, welcome to England against a German side. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we, I asked you good people listening on our social media, at TF Weekly Pod. You can only find us on YouTube, where this podcast is also being broadcast. Um, TF NUFC Podcast. Uh, I asked, it has the squad improved from last season? So I'm going to put that to all of you guys first. Um, a lot of the listeners came in with absolutely fantastic responses. I couldn't possibly get through them all because through Facebook and Twitter, there's about 100. Um, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, paraphrase some, but I'll put some some things to you. I mean, listeners kind of went for two different uh, ways of looking at it. Number one, are we better than the start of last season? And number two, are we better than the end of last season? I mean, I think it's pretty clear to say we're stronger than the start of last season. I can't believe I went into that Spurs game last season and think we'd win with this starting lineup. Uh, Elliot... Dummett, Clark, Lejeune, Mankio, uh, who played left wing, Atsu, Hayden, Shelby, Richie, Perez, Gale. Looks kind of weak, doesn't it? Particularly in certain positions. The cells on the bench, not even selected for the first team. Uh, Diarme nowhere near the side. I, I remember Atsu sort of impressing as well. I'm sure he had a sort of a fairly yeah. decent game, sort of decent start so, as well. So, so we're probably going to focus more on oh, we're stronger than the end of last season because I don't think there's much doubt that the team is better than that, that start of that opening day. But then you'd expect that because the football clubs get better as as they go on as they opposed should to do they anyway. Should do, yeah. Um, so George Cook reckons we've improved. He says we've moved on a lot of kind of dead weight who were never going to get a game like some Marino and Bamba Mitro sells. All of those players have been improved upon. We still need improvements, of course. And um, John asked for the same, uh, the same kind of thing because all of the players who've been brought in compared to those players who left, certainly two of them, are now Rafa Benitez choices and players. So Adam, come to you first. Do you think there's? Do you, do you read much into that? Do you think the fact that Rafa's chosen these players and the fact that those kind of Mitt Rose and Bembers who are never going to get a game have moved on is that does that make us well, stand us in better stead for the season ahead? Hundred um, percent. Are these uh, you know absolute first choices? Probably not, but they've all been selected for a purpose. I fully believe that every single transfer that we've brought in, and that I include Rondon in this, if Gale goes, that they will they will have improved our squad. And I think we are stronger as a result of that. What we're not is that we, because of this sell to buy policy, I don't believe that our squad depth is in any better shape than it was last season. Um, 
even if the players that we do... I mean, I think we're going to be playing more uh, reserves than, say, senior players that Rafa would prefer not to be playing. So obviously he's sold a few of them, but I think he was he's probably going to be more inclined to, to play youngsters. Um, you know, we've seen the likes of uh, Callum Roberts, Sean Longstaff, um, Jamie Sterry, these kind of people coming in. Um, I'm pleased they're getting minutes. I'd like them to be given a chance and hopefully if they're any, you know, if they're good enough, we'll hopefully get to see that should we come into some <laughs> some injury problems which we're almost certainly likely to hit beyond Lejeune. But, Having said that, first team for the first eleven, absolutely yes, we're, we're we're very much stronger. You know, we've had the other side of the coin as well. I mean, Dave Black and Stephen have both said the squad is slightly better. Rondon's let a fit, um, but there's, we're still missing goals, and that's kind of the common theme. People are worried about goals, probably as they quite rightly should be. You know, Rob M says we're taking a sideways step. Can't judge the new lads until they've actually played in the first team. Um, uh, Keith Whitfield says we're going down. He's worried that he's, he's, ple- he's pleased. Other fans are positive. Uh, John says attacking positions are very short. JP Quinn goal scoring is the issue. Um, David McGiven much of a muchness goal scoring the issue. So Ben, is it really going to come down to Muto and Rondon have to hit the ground running and have to do better than Hoslo and Gale next season, or it could be in a relegation battle? Definitely, but I bat them to do that. I mean, what? Did they get seven, eight goals between them last season? Yeah, I, they're they're going I mean, Rondon did that on himself at West Brom, I think. So, so did um, Muto as well. Yeah. So, you would expect them to come in and do that. I think that's one of the critical issues we had last season was that we were really solid defensively and we had a great defensive record. We just we, we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Having said that, we create a lot of opportunities and we miss a lot of chances. So you you hope those two coming in um, will will improve. Um, I've got two minds on it. I think. As I am worried about the squad depth because, as you say there, that we are a seller by club. The players we've sold, um, we've, there's a lot more gone out than have come in, obviously. Um, and I think the fact that you're saying we're having to rely on like the youth players to come in and, and fill in the holes, the players we've sold weren't terrible players. I mean, I know you're not a fan of Mitrovic, but he came in and scored in, say, the West Ham game last season. Came off the bench and scored. What else did you do yes, in the West Ham game last season? But my... The point is, is that he he's a player that's got Premier League experience. Came in and and could contribute. And Bemba, similar um, in the past when when he had to came in and, and did did a good job. Are you telling me that Callum Roberts is going to be able to come in and and contribute the same way as say Mitrovic? No, but Ka- or, Callum not, Roberts. Not that he plays the same yeah, place, position. But, but but my point is, is that well, who's Callum Rob Elliott? Who's the, Mitrovic? That's no, what I who's, who's the striker? That who's the young striker then? We well, haven't got one everywhere. If like Mutu or. Rondongo and equally other positions. So Mbemba, who's who's the next um, centre back after? Shaw. No, but we've got Shaw. Lejeune's out now, so we've got Shaw, Lascelles, and Clark. I just think Mbemba was above Clark. Dumb well, dumb it. But then take your point. my point is, is that we're very, very bare. So, and so we don't have squad squad So yeah. yes, I think we've we've weakened in that respect. I think the first team's got been improved, but we're relying on having no injuries again. So just fingers crossed it works that way. Yeah, I mean. Other listeners have said the same thing. I mean, Alistair Campbell said our first team is slightly better than last year, but we've traded players rather than built a squad. Uh, Sam said squad hasn't improved. We've replaced squad players with cheaper squad players, which is which is statistically true. Whether they're better or not, we'll find out. Um, but it's a good point, Sam. Uh, Stephen all said it's all about the strikers. Uh, we probably improved the squad, but we need more cover in at number 10 and centre. But we're going to talk briefly amongst ourselves, but I'll go to the lads in London. Uh, Richie, first, um, I, I presume because after your comments earlier, you're kind of worried about squad depth as well. 
Yeah, I think I, I think so. That's probably the that's probably the crux of it. Um, it felt like you know when we were in the championship, one of our big uh, big strengths was the the competition for places, and that was the thing that made us you know so um, yeah so consistently good. Uh, I think you look at the the players that were brought in. I'd say that we're, we're probably marginally better than we were la- at the end of last season. Um, I think you know who knows what will happen over the next three or four days. But I'm I'm kind of thinking that we we do need to bring in like three or four more to to give us the the depth and competition for places that's gonna um, that's gonna make us uh, you know definitely a better a, a better side. Um, you know, it's I guess the, the the worrying thing for me is you know you look at um, you look at for example if 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 Ron if it doesn't if it doesn't work out for Rondon then you know you are you are back to looking at the likes of Josh Lewis your kind of your your target man and who who just isn't isn't a very good footballer um, you look at for example um, uh, I don't know if if, if Shelby or or Diame, um hits a hits a bad patch. There's there's nobody really, you know, on their there's nobody really kind of on their case is wanting wanting to step up and take over. Fullback fullback position as as well. You know, you look at um Yedlin who are who I actually really rate. Um let's let's imagine he gets injured or you know has a three or four games where we where he's uh, hits hits a bad run of form. Yeah, we just we just we just haven't got those players that you can be confident would come in and do a probably a better job. Um so you know, I guess this this kind of comes back to my my opening to the to to the part of of uh, one of overall you know feeling a bit down about things. Um, this is this is this is this is almost key to it. It's a it's a feeling that as a squad we're not we're not really that much further on than we were last season, and um, and and so uh, my expectations are are somewhat tempered. Norman, thanks much for that. Norman, uh, your thoughts on the squad and compared last season? I was stronger very quickly. Yeah, I think we are stronger, but um, I think well, what Richie said there makes sense. Uh, we are marginally stronger. I think that um, Key coming in and you know going out, I think that's that that makes the squad stronger. I'm not necessarily saying that Key's a, a better footballer or you know Marina isn't going to turn out to be world class, but right now in the Premier League, Key would be more effective. Um, Mitrovic not being there, you could say that Mitrovic, you could actually say Rondon's Mitrovic's replacement. Mitrovic was never going to play, so Rondon's an improvement on that straight away. Um, Muto, let's see if he can kind of replace Gale and Perez to a certain extent. Um, so I think there's, I think we're, I think we're stronger up front, um, massively stronger. Absolutely not, but I still think the squad's better. My concern is um, cover for Dummett and for Yedlin. That, that they're my real concern areas. Um, in a, in a, in a, I was having an odd, an odd thought this morning on, on Hayden. If Hayden stays in the squad, I actually think Hayden could be quite an effective right back. Should Yedlin get injured, um, people mightn't agree with that, but it's just a, it's just a feeling I've got with him. Him as a footballer, and I think he, he's played there as well at at Arsenal and Hull. Um, but yeah, the, the squad's only slightly stronger. Um, but you know what? Grab, grab clutching at straws, yeah, it's stronger. Yeah, right go. on Hayden. I think I watched an under twenty one game where he's playing right back, uh, so he has done it before. Um, really quickly because we've got a lot to get through you know lads I'll go, I'll go around you quickly we don't have to go into that much detail where would where do you think Newcastle United have to improve before the deadline on Thursday Adam you first what, what positions do you think we need this for the new season maybe there's nothing but what, what are your thoughts I would bring in a uh, creative player um, yeah I'd bring in a creative player um, who could possibly 
um, sub in for Ayose Perez because I think we don't have any uh, competition there. Or if Perez gets injured, I think we're pretty screwed because he was, was very integral to our success towards the end of last season. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm assuming Rondon comes in and we've got that, that strike, I think then the next thing is the number 10. It's a position we've needed sort of competition for for a long time. Perez and Diome were the, the two in, in the championship season and Diome is good sort of as good a shifts as he put in. He wasn't the player there to unlock teams. Um, Perez has got that in him, but not frequent enough. And we we struggled in that position last season. I think that was one of the key points where we we said we need to improve. We seem to have started looking at players for the other sort of hot points, but ten number ten is still the one. And I think Perez needs at the AGs that he needs competition to improve. And, and I think we need to. Get big problem there is it costs money number 10 is good yep. one <laughs> that's it um, big money there's, there's, there's a few there's, uh, there's absolutely free. no way of creating any sort of revenue as a Premier League club like so there's, there's, a, couple of, there's, a, there's a couple of free I've seen that Max Myers off somewhere he was yeah. on a free isn't he should have should have gone for him uh, Norman your need to improve if there is anywhere before the window I know you've just mentioned cover there but is, is it the same answer no, um, I, th- I think, you know, a need, a need to improve, yeah, there's loads of positions that we could buy, you know, we'd like to have real class players in, but um, in terms of the, being realistic, I actually think we need we need cover for more Diomi. I think Diomi was so integral to the side last season, and I don't think Isaac Hayden is, is good enough to, um, f- to, fill that, to fill that role should anything happen to Diomi, and it is, it is an absolutely vital role in, in this particular team and how Rafa sets us up. So I would like to see a kind of 28, uh, 32-year-old um, kind of box-to-box midfield unit to um, either act as competition for more or at least replace him should he get injured. Charlie Adams gun, I hear. <laughs> I imagine what else you're thinking of Charlie Adam. Bloody <laughs> hell. We'll be oh, my goodness. With a couple of pub teams oh. for him, I think. As if he's got a mention on this podcast. Did you hear what he said about Shakiri? Just quickly, what Charlie Adams said about Shakiri when um, Stoke went down. He, had, he did an interview the other week slating Shakiri's contribution to the um, relegation side, and then they just compared what Shakiri did compared to Charlie Adams. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Absolutely, have to you just have just look and look at the stats between the two. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, Richie, same question. What do we need? This isn't what you'd like. This is what the club, physic or the team, physically or the squad, get there eventually. Physically needs before Thursday. Uh, a naturally good number 10 because we've needed one for about 25 years um, and you know I appreciate what Perez did last season but Perez isn't a natural number 10 um, and I've, I've, I felt like I feel like I've been saying Newcastle need a, a proper good number 10 for literally as long as I'm, I'm actually bored of the amount of times I've said it but we still do need one okay and I'll, I'll go left back because if you look at the midfield, you have a, an overall midfield of Hayden, Diame, Shelby, Key as the four centers. Then you've got Kennedy, Yatsu, Richie, and Murphy as your four wingers. So we're quite well stocked. I'm not saying I would love, wouldn't love to see a creative midfield. It would be great. But I know Lee, well, I don't know him, but we know the way Charlie, Ashley, Justin Barnes thinks. They look at that well stocked midfield and think, nah, even if it was the deal of the century available, if like, you know, 1995's a down was available for three million quid, they'd still say no because we've got Isaac Hayden, who wouldn't do a job. Um, but I think <laughs> if you look at Dummett's injury record, it's really quite shaky. I mean, the championship season, he was mm. fine, but last season, 
the relegation season, he picked up quite serious injuries in both seasons and, and missed a, a big chunk of games. And we only have Mankiw at fullback cover, who came on at left back yesterday and was just the most right footed bloke I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> it's just embarrassing. Just Play, like playing with the most left footed player yeah, exactly. we've seen in Kennedy. So trying to say that Mankiw is the reverse Roberto Carlos. <laughs> so no wonder Kennedy was cutting inside because Mankiw was cutting inside on his right foot all the time. So Kennedy a, was kind of well, like, even worse. He didn't want both of them in. Yeah, so we could really do with with cover at left back. Um, I would really like to see an attack. I love Paul Dummett, he has to start, but it would be great to see. Uh, and a more attacking, comfortable on the ball left back alongside Kennedy, maybe sometimes in games when we're behind or we've got a lot of the ball and trying to break teams down when Dummett kind of, even though he's improved tremendously across on the ball, he, he he's not going to get kind of on the inside of a fullback or on the inside of a winger and get to the byline. It just, just doesn't happen and that's kind of what you need at this level. Um, so I'm not going to be greedy and say that because I know the, the chances of getting anything more than that are, are very, very slim. Okay. That's part one of the show, though. We're now going to talk about fixtures, games, what we're looking forward to, scores, predictions, all the kind of things which we can laugh at ourselves again uh, back in May or whatever it is when we're finished. One, one lads, because we'll put it to the, to the listeners um, where Winnie Castle finished this season. And I'll tell you now, listeners, over 100 contributions, uh, you have gone for an average of 13th place. So the True Faith podcast listeners, 13th place. Adam's given me some a funny look there because I, I wouldn't say I manipulated the numbers, but if you put between 12th and 15th, I've gone 12th. Because you know why not? Let's be positive. Um, and lads, quickly, um, Richie, straight off the top of your head, where are we going to finish next season a position, please? Mm, 11th. Bloody hell, 11th. I was expecting tw- like 20th yeah, there. Um, Norman? <laughs> Norman? Ninth. So I'm going to do some really quick maths, but one lad to, to work out our average. But one lad put uh, where well, Newcastle finished this season 24th, which uh, which would be something even <laughs> for my gosh, he's Newcastle. Uh, obviously, a bit yeah. of a tongue in cheek suggestion. How many are there of there? Five. There's five of us divided by five. 11th place average between us five. I know there's a lot of other people, podcast contributors aren't here, but I'd take 11th place. More of that later. We'll go, we'll go into how I think the season's going to go. Um, but just quickly plug for Patreon again, £1.25 a week, six podcasts next week. You've got the match preview. Norman does a Premier League show every single week with uh, John No Surname and Michael Crean. Uh, we've got True Faith, any questions? We'll have the review. There was a transfer deadline show on Thursday where probably the lads will talk about other, other clubs signing players. Maybe we'll sign a player and we'll talk about it. So there's absolutely loads of shows going on next week. We've got an all-time Premier League 11 show which keeps changing and evolving depending on who's doing it. So get involved with True Faith and Pod podcast on Patreon it keeps this show free and you get six extra podcasts a week uh, we've increased that from two to four to six so I'll stop banging on about it right Ben we'll have an absolutely rock hard start of the season thoughts is it, is it a good thing is it a bad thing or does it not matter I wouldn't say it's a good thing um, but I guess in the grand scheme of things it does matter because we <sighs> I mean, obviously we had Spurs last season, but then we went on a really good sort of run for a few games, winning results, and I suppose it got us in into a, a good mindset in terms of the team. I think for for the players coming up, um, first season in the Premier League, back for a lot of those players as well, and um, it sort of was a not. A, I guess it was like a reality check to say where they were, and, and it obviously um, they they got the belief that they they were capable of doing winning games at this level and there were a few tight games there where we were nicked and uh, obviously I, you wouldn't necessarily say um, we, we we battered any teams or we, we sort of 
played any particularly brilliant football. There were dogged results that we we dug in and, and got results out of. So I, I fully expect the same thing. I, I guess it doesn't matter because we've not got those same questions in terms of the, the team know that they finished 10th last season. They, they they know what they're capable of. And I think it's a case of um, they, they just need to come in and, and continue sort of the, the hard work and, and sort of put, putting together Rafa's game plans that, that they did last season. So um, it's not ideal because obviously if, if we go four or five games without anything on the board or a, a couple of points, people are going to get nervous. But we've got to play all the teams at some point that old uh, sort of carry that you, you play everybody so we're going to have tough runs we're going to have good runs we're, we're aware I mean it's Newcastle United I mean we've had years of Pardew flipping not winning game for like half the season and then then turning it around and, and keeping up obviously we did it a bit last season as well we were under Rafa where um, we had that terrible run terrible run up to Christmas and then and then we hit the, the ground running so it's, it's not ideal obviously you don't want to go on long runs where you're not picking up points but it's good. There's going to be a lot of uh, sort of turning through throughout the season, so I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme. I probably agree with that, uh, Alex. I think um, I think it doesn't really matter who's in front of us. I think you know you look at last season, we beat very, very, very good sides at St James's Park in particular. We beat Man United, we beat Chelsea, we beat Arsenal, but then we also lost at St James's Park against some absolutely turd sides as well. So. For me, it's I'm pretty indifferent about the, the fixture list. It could have been anything. Our, our our game plan and focus will not change. We still will grind out results. We'll we'll defend and look to look to break on the counter against probably most of the teams that we play against. Yes, we've got a couple of people who might be a bit better in possession, but I don't see our game plan changing too much from last season. And I think actually, and, and particularly defensively as well, what you what you'll find is most. Um, most players will raise their games against the absolute, you know, the, you know, the top six. And I think what better way to kind of galvanise? And I'm, I'm, I'm looking particularly at the, the likes of um, Fabian Scher, who will have to come in and just knuckle down and get himself integrated. And I think to be able to, you know, those those huge games against the big clubs where we're going to be doing a lot of defending, I think that that baptism baptism of fire might actually see as good in the long run. I was just going to say. I, I- just on the back of that point as well, I think our, our strength as a team is, is our defensive unit. It's it's the the sort of the hard work and, and making it difficult for teams to beat us. And I think the, the fact that we're, we're going to be having to play that way from very early on in the season, it, it'll hopefully do us a bit of benefit because it's sort of getting back to our strengths, getting back to sort of what we did really well last season. And, and that's something the players know what they need to do within that, that role and within their roles. And there's probably a little less pressure on them as a result of that because they're they're doing something that comes a bit more naturally to them and, and, and the, the games that they're not necessarily expected to win. So I think the fact that we, we we could potentially pick up some big results in that early part, that, that could have a massive impact. Well, that's totally right. And it's a really positive way to look at it. I mean, if we get a result against Spurs, we'll go bouncing into Cardiff. Exactly. And, that you know, I mean, we lost to Huddersfield last year, so who knows what can happen. It's a hard game. Um, it'll be a sellout. It's on Sky. It's on Sky because they want us to get beat. Um, so that's a really positive way I'm going to look at it in a slightly different way Rafa will be desperate to win a trophy this season and I just feel if we'd had a slightly easier start it might be more possible in terms of the League Cup because if we have a indifferent start of the season he's going to do what he did last season and basically just sacrifice the Cup because we had zero points out of six last season if we had four points out of six last season I'm convinced we'll play a stronger team against Forest and 
you know, I spoke to someone who was quite high up at the club going into that match and said, and I said, you know, rotate a team. And they were like, it's all about the league. And that that's going to be the focus of the season. Raf has already said yesterday that he's very upset that it's all about survival again. And it's doing, not that it's that they're not capable of delivering that and possibly a bit more like they did last season. It's more like it's mentally draining. It's mentally draining to continue to be looking at the bottom of the league and the relegation zone and the pressure that the team must feel that Rafa and his coaching task last season superbly managed to handle in terms of winning when it really mattered. This time we'll play Man United at home or West Ham away, which are the two big ones for me last season. You want to just win those games because you want to win the games, not kind of absolutely must win those games or they're in the relegation zone. And you worry about the players and it's not about effort. It's about mentally recharging the batteries to be able to go again rather than thinking, right, we've ticked that off. It's the same in, in anyone's job. If you've just completed a massive project or task which took a load of effort and every, give everything you gave, you're expecting the next one to be either easier or better quality or you want to move on. If you're just asked to do the same thing, over and over again it's very difficult to replicate what you've done and you see that every season with the teams Swansea not so much Stoke but uh, another side who are continually batting relegation Sunderland are a great example eventually the trap door opens and Rafa Benitez knows that and that's why he's so frustrated and uh, you know kind of humiliated by this by this regime which are, are doing everything they can to finish 17th every year so I, I really hope we get off to a good start obviously for the good start but it would be great to have a good go at the League Cup unfortunately those early rounds of the League Cup are when the you know, you're still still in this season, especially if it's last season. Richie and Norman, I'm going to crack on because we've got loads to do. Um, Norman, what are you anticipating most about Newcastle United season this year? Wow, that's a hell of a question. What am I anticipating most? What, what am I most excited about? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. What are you most excited? What, what What are you looking forward to most? Whether it be an away trip, whether it be a, a set of games, whether it be looking at how a certain player does, or all that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm I'm looking for um looking forward to Kennedy having a full season and hopefully you know staying injury free because I think um I think regardless of, of how we set up the season tactically I think Kennedy can um, tear some teams up and it's just going to be really exciting to watch um I'm also looking forward to seeing another season of of Rafa Benitez managing Newcastle because I just you know I'm I'm a, I'm a long term fan and I love I love his managerial style I love the fact that he's he's an absolute tactical genius I love the fact that he can make changes at the drop of a hat during a match if it's not quite going our way um I I just I've got nothing but absolute admiration for for him as a as a football manager um he's a, he's a joy to behold and away trips wise um I'm looking forward to the Cardiff the Cardiff trip um first away game of the scene just because I've got very fond memories of um of Cardiff from the last time we were there and um it's it is it's a, it's a brilliant city um and also it's great to go and see a, a side who have an absolute pantomime villain as a manager in Neil Warnock and um I don't think we'll see Warnock for the return game so it might be the last time we ever get to see him pa- pantomime is box office but he's been in films the penguin <laughs> um, okay <laughs> nice one Ben Richie same question for you um i i, I echo a lot of Norman's comments there about um Kennedy I think he's a genuine, uh, genuinely exciting player. Um, you know, could could be could be our best player this season. Um, uh, over the course of the over the course of the um, the, the entire season, because I think he showed he showed what he's what he's capable of last year, and just having that extra bit of flair just makes it you know makes him a more more compelling. Um, it's a, it's the the question. What you anticipating most is kind of what am I expecting most? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm expecting <laughs> uh, again. I'll just you, you'll probably regret even getting me on here today because of the the doom and gloom. But just the just the um, just just the, the 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 periods of just you know things not going well and um, you know Rafa having to keep everyone together and. Um, 
you know, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens by way of the, um, you know, the the, the movements ha- happening off the pitch and what that transpires, you know, on match days and things like that. And, and if that does make any, um, if that does indeed make any uh difference to make and actually want to accelerate selling the club if he does indeed want to sell the club um yeah i guess it's a the, the the question of anticipation you could say is that is that about excitement um or is it about you know what are you expecting to happen and uh, i guess those are the things that probably um come you know the, my my collective thoughts are kind of around around that okay uh, i'll open that to to the lads next to me adam yeah, I think um, to echo a bit what Norman said, um, just about Rafa's tactical genius, I'm really looking forward to him grinding out draws where other managers would probably definitely lose. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I, I do find it fascinating how he goes about his business, how he can how he can drill a, a, a squad that you know does lack on quality um, in, in comparison to other Premier League outfits. So. What what he does to create you know this this you know a team that's bigger than the sum of its parts is 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 genuinely um, enthralling to watch. I, I I find it fascinating. I think as well the fact he's he's had a lot of these players a lot lot another season now, so they they know the drill, they know they know sort of what he expects. So you expect them to build on a level of that and and go up another level because what they've done in the past won't be good enough anymore. Raphael feel like is the kind of sort of drill master that's saying right forget what you've done last year 10th it's gone next year you've got to do better and we've got to achieve better so um, I'm expecting high levels I think the fact we've got Kennedy for a full season now we, we, we're really excited and he had a big impact when he came in but it was for the last sort of 10 games of the season or whatever we're going to have him for a whole season um, Rondon coming in has pedigree so he it, it's a or we know it's an upgrade on what we've had so there's 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 things and as i say in that first team that we've got to look for look forward to and hopefully it'll allow us to play a bit more attractive football as well i'm just looking forward to the big days of st james's which i think will happen again there was man united and chelsea games will live long in the memory for different reasons but what what was a consistent was just the atmosphere and both was just why i go to the football it was just an absolute pleasure and privilege to be part of and in the kind of um, Ashley years I don't think you've really heard an atmosphere like We've that, never had that. No, even never when we were decent on a Pardew you could argue in the European games but kind of only at the end of the game or Benfica was decent but those atmospheres and even that away in at Leicester last year was just like I'll remember that for the rest of my life and if we could get one of those every season God I'd be a happy man take my money um, you know and it, maybe it won't happen because there's all sorts going to happen but I've got full faith in the manager and the team to to give us those days again it's not it shouldn't be enough we should be looking for those days to be the norm or to be regular um because the club and the city and the fan base is is capable of that um if we're probably backed by someone that shared that vision and didn't just see it as a a retail advertising board but there we go um okay we're gonna have to crack on because we've run over a little bit here on various things so i'll go quickly around the table and then the lads in london adam top scorer this season Solomon Rondon. Ben Wade? Yeah, I'll have to go with that. I'm going to go with Jose Perez. You know, he was in sensational form back in the last season. And I think that with Rondon particularly, he's got, who's going to hold the ball up a lot and bring Perez into play, I think he'll get a lot more time and space in the box because of Rondon. And Rondon's a kind of player to attract two players. Uh, will create a lot of space for Perez. And I think Rondon will be a really good addition. He might not get the goals we need, but I reckon I'm going to back Perez to get 15 goals this season. Um, 
Norman? Salomon Rondon. <laughs> I think he's only about 12 goals. <laughs> and Richie? Yeah, I'll, I'll go for Perez as well. There we go. Sorry, Mudo, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, prove <laughs> us wrong, Yoshinori. Prove us wrong. Let's really hope this Rondon deal goes through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even for it yet. But he's going to be a top scorer. That's if bloody hell. Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't even signed yet and we're already going in the top scorer <laughs> yeah um, okay surprise package of the season in a in a positive way Richie I'll start with you what what player is, is your Diarmé from last season almost and, and even Lascelles from last season to be fair who didn't start the season in the team hmm. what player will rise up and you know not even prove fans wrong just totally exceed expectations uh I, I'm I'm gonna say Yedlin. I, I I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of Yedlin. I think yeah, he seems to have his um, fans, and he seems to also have the people who don't really rate him. And um, uh, I think you know he's had um, he really grew into his role last last year. And I think with the benefit of hopefully having a, a bit more, of, we've got more um, goal scoring threat this season. You'll see him. Uh, you'll see him be more on the uh, create more as well. Um, so I think I think uh, if 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 I pick someone who's going to be a surprise, I think I think I'll I'll pick Yedlin as uh, someone who will will win over more fans than he than he had last season. I was going to go to Norman next, but I'll jump in there and agree. Yedlin was mine as well. So Richie were were quite similar in terms of the player pick so far. But yeah, I've really been impressed by Yedlin in preseason. He looks so fit and sharp, and he had a couple of mares last season. Watford at home, West Brom away was a really tough few days for him. But he came back strong, and that says a lot about him as a player. In the fact that Rafa trusted him to come back, and I couldn't believe when me and Norman got to West Brom last season, he picked Yedlin, and after the West Brom debacle, when he probably had one of the worst ever games I've seen, um, he then had a bad game against West Brom. Was at fault for the first goal, but so Watford then West Brom, um, yeah, um, and he came back and really improved, and I think he's getting more and more confident running with the ball, getting into the final third, and I think with Kennedy playing on the left hand side. It's going to drag midfields across a little bit, and there's going to be two sides to defend. Whereas maybe before Kennedy came in last season, um, there wasn't really that issue. And obviously, Dummett's very defensively solid, but there was no no real attacking threat down the left hand side before Kennedy came for whatever reason. I think the fact that both sides will provide an attacking threat will really help Yedlin. I think he'll get better defensively working with Rafa Benitez, working with Jamal Lascelles regularly. And I think uh, this is his, his season because he's got all the attributes. There's nothing he can't do. Um, that that's it. I, I would say similarly like that. That was the player I was thinking of because, but slightly different because I think I've I've been quite critical of him in the past, and I'm not sure he is up to this level. I think he's he, you've said it before. He's been a big part of this preseason. We were saying earlier about the game yesterday that he he was a a key player because he was always open. He was bombing on forward. Um, the disappointment I've had with him is that he's he's got all these attributes. You're right, but it, I don't think. The, the end product isn't there the, the chances he gets and he gets to the byline a hell of a lot he gets forward a lot his crossing isn't good enough we don't, we don't get enough goals out of out of that outlet so for me that has to improve and, and if it does then it'll be a massive massive um, bonus for us I mean if you think back Jan Matt wasn't the sort of greatest player ever but we, we got quite a lot out of him in Sissoko in that partnership and I think Richie, you get the feeling that needs needs that support. He's he's not Richie isn't the player that's going to beat players on his own sort of too easily. He needs that overlapping run. So I think that's a key key part of the team. And again, just on the other side, I think defensively is where I'm most critical of Yedlin because I think he he switches off. He, he makes mistakes now. If he can develop and 
obviously you expect him to under Rafa. If he can get up to a standard where he's just a solid right back, then we'll be much better because he does have the pace. He can recover. He's he is an important player. But I just think for for me, I've, from what I've seen of him so far, I think we could do a lot better. And I'm, I'm hopeful that if he can kick on, then he can become like an established right back. But there's a reason why he's not really stuck anywhere before now, and, and that's sort of how I see it anyway. Okay, uh, I'll eventually get to you, Norman. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to go with. Um, do you believe in Fabian Shea? Because I do. Um, I think. Um, I think that. Uh, I think once he, once he settles in, once he's uh, worked under Rafa and, and that coaching staff, I think he's going to be a real asset in Lejeune's absence. I think he's going to offer a massive threat alongside Lascelles from set pieces, and I can see him getting four or five goals from uh, from corners or free kicks. I just uh, I have a, I have a good feeling about him based on his. He's pedigree with the Swiss national side, nothing for three and a half million. We've potentially got a real bargain on my hands. Nice one, Adam. Mine's actually the same as Norman. Um, I've got Fabian Shea hey. as well. I think he'll prove all the what I'll call the net spend naysayers um, who think he's probably shite because we bought him for half the price that we sold him Bemba for. That he must be half as good. Um, I think he'll prove them wrong. I think he'll prove a lot of people wrong, as you know, for the. The reasons that Norman's mentioned as well, and he takes a good penalty apparently, and we probably don't have too many of them in the team. So um, we we'll just don't get pens, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so it's totally relevant. <laughs> I think it'll be. I think he'd be class. I think he's got the attributes uh, to be a pretty decent Premier League centre half, and I think he'll prove many people wrong who are already um, doubting him. Lovely stuff. Okay, lads, we're going to finish off. Um, where we're going to finish and why we've had our average we've had the listeners so we're a little bit more optimistic than the listeners uh, by a couple of places but everyone seems to think we'll be fairly safe um you know go on then adam your position and why i've gone for 14th alex uh, the, the most negative of the group <laughs> but to be honest I'm, not, I'm probably not the most uh, pessimistic but i just think the fact that you know t- t- certainly spending wise we have stood still so i think those teams that you know, we, we, we leapfrogged on goal difference uh, to, to finish in 10th. I think they will just edge above us, you know, whether it's goals or a couple of points here and there. I, th- I still think Rafa's going to work miracles with what he's got. But I also think this, this whole contract situation and this being possibly the long goodbye of Rafa Benitez, I think that, 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 that as I mentioned at the start of the programme, I think it's that is going to be a grey cloud hanging over our heads. So whereas I, I think we... We absolutely won't get relegated while under his stewardship. We, we, we I cannot see his finishing top off. Ben? Yeah, I've gone 13th at similar sort of thinking. I, I think we, we overachieved massively last season in terms of what um, we anyone expected, I think. And there's a few, a lot of teams, well, everybody has, has come in and spent money. I think there's a few new teams in that will be interesting to see, the likes of Wolves and Fulham. I mean, who knows what they're going to be like, the money they've spent this summer. And the, okay, it's all names. It'll be interesting to see how they fit together. But More on them on uh, Norman and John's and Mike's Premier League show on yeah. Patreon. Um, but again, even even the sort of the, the clubs that we've, we've so, so-called been competing with the last few years have, have all strengthened. So um, I think it's going to be another another difficult season. Um, however, I, I trust Rafa to, to sort of do the job and, and sort of get a, a safe 13th uh, place finish. Richie? I went. I went for an optimistic eleventh, which I, I imagine people listening to the show would think. Uh, what the hell's he on? He's, he's been an absolute. No, absolute I was going to say not just the listeners. Um, <laughs> I and I, I, I just, but then you know, I think I've 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 tried to, 
I've tried to sprinkle some positivity in that, and I am saying this with the the the, the fact that we've got Benitez as manager, who I think just by nature of having him, um, is just worth you know bonus points on top of what you would expect to get with a squad like ours. Um, uh, in any normal case, um, I think it's that I think eleventh. It's gonna it's achievable based on the fact we got tenth last year and. You know, if the squad is marginally better than it was, than it was last last season, um, but the reality is, other teams have the other teams have invested big. Um, uh, what Adam said is very true in the fact that you know we we came tenth last season and it came down literally a couple of points or a bit of goal difference he, uh, here here or there. Um, so I think I think we're in for a I think we're in for a, a bit of a slog, um, but I think. If we finish eleventh, all in all, given how how little we've actually spent, would be again seen as just a massive achievement um, on that purely on that basis. But um, but actually, uh, for Newcastle United uh, under Rafa Benitez, would be seen as uh, essentially a, a step backwards. No one. Um, I'm going to be super optimistic um, because uh, you know I just am, and I, I drink quite excessively as well, which helps. But um, the um, I'm going to go a ninth, and the reason being. Um, you know what? I'm going to go a ninth and the League Cup win, right? Because it's you know, I'm asking you about your castle here. Rafa's going to do that. We're going to finish ninth. He's going to win the League Cup out. Just no, just out of pure defiance. That's what's going to happen. But no, the, the reason I'm going to say ninth, right, is because I don't think I think the gap. And, and sorry, in terms of the, the points gap between eighth and maybe seventeenth is going to be it's going to be minuscule as it was last season. And I think with the Benitez side, our goal difference is going to come into effect again. The fact that we consistently pick up points. Um, is going to is going to play in our hands again against the bigger sides. So I've just I'm I'm just I'm just being optimistic. Ask me ask me again in five weeks, mate. Where I think we're going to finish. But right now, um, I'm just excited about getting back up next weekend. So ninth, ninth in the league cup, you know what? And then basically Rafa just walking out, Mike dropping, Mike dropping. That's exactly <laughs> what he's going to do. What he's going to do with the league cup. He's just going to drop the league cup on the on the pitch, walk off into the sunset. There you go. And then lovely Steve Bruce will be in to pick it Get up and <laughs> take on the mantle uh, under Mike Ashley. Forty-eight million pound to spend next summer, which is still shite, but you know because that's what Ashley do. We'll give the next manager loads of money. Um, yeah, I went ninth as well because I think we'll get better. And yes, everyone else has improved, but I look at the teams that finished close to us last season. Yeah, Palace have they improved? Not really. They're going to lose Zaha and probably not have time to, to buy anyone else uh, anywhere if, near. If like Zaha cover. goes there down, yeah, you know Burnley. I, I think they've got potentially you've got a European campaign to deal with, and they won a lot of games by one goal and stuff like that. And I think they're going to really struggle this season. Um, you know, West Ham new manager is a much better manager, and they've bought some good players, but they still can't really win at home. They're still a very imbalanced squad and, and need a lot of players. And I was, you know, watching some West Ham stuff through the week where they were like, it's it's brilliant they bought you know, that Philippe Anderson where he's called 42 million quid, but that wasn't actually one of the positions that they, they needed to improve because they've already got Arnautovic playing there. Like, so I still think they're going to struggle. So I don't think the teams below us are necessarily going to be miles ahead. Bournemouth have hardly signed a player and it looks like they're adding one or two, but you, you think what well, their team that competed in League One, many of those players, every year they get a bit older and yeah, so I'm going to go ninth place as well because we're going to get slightly better. We should have been getting much better. So this isn't uh, any sort of you know, well done, Charlie or Ashley or anything like that, because we'll get better. But ultimately, it's going to be very tight again, so they're always so hard to do. You just said there, I mean, obviously, but the big thing, I think, is other teams, that there were some teams that relied so heavily on, on individuals. I think Palace is the, the key one there was Aha. Burnley apparently are bringing in um, Joe Hart. 
So they're down. If, if so, so it would be the third best keeper, English keeper at that club. Exactly. So if he goes there, they're down. <laughs> I'm sorry, lads. So sorry, Burnley. But this has been the True Faith season preview 2018-19. We hope you've enjoyed it. Please give it a retweet or a share or a like, or whatever on social media, whatever platform you use. Find us at TF Weekly Pod or TFN UFC Podcast, whatever you use. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. Please subscribe if you like the show. Give Patreon a try. There's loads of extra podcasts just like this, and it's same nature pretty much every single day of the week, including the free podcast. We're going to be doing seven podcasts a week, plus YouTube videos. Ben, Adam, Norman, Richie, it's been a pleasure. We will be back for you very soon. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.